Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. All right. Uh, about 10 years ago, um, a book came out that the body of Christ devoured, highlighting a very small two verses in the book of Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 4. And uh, this was in the middle of a genealogy. How many of you love reading genealogies in the Bible? It's so exciting, isn't it? So exciting. Uh, that's the only time that I probably nearly fall asleep reading my Bible is reading the genealogies. So-and-so begat so-and-so, and they begat, they had this many begats, and, and they kept begetting and kept growing, and they had all these children. And, and, uh, and so we have, in the Bible, um, the Bible records the lineage uh, right from the beginning of Adam all the way down to Christ to show the connection in the Scriptures. And in one of those uh, lineages... And genealogies are a random small couple of verses appeared. Very, very powerful verses in the middle of nowhere. It's like when you read it in your Bible, if you have a paper Bible and you open to that chapter, 1 Chronicles 4 verses 9 and 10, you'll begin to realize how this is like God's just slapped this in the middle of a genealogy. And so it becomes very apparent that it's an important couple of verses for our lives because there's an incredibly powerful message in these two verses. And we're going to read them in just a moment, but these verses are a prayer. It's a record of a prayer of one man named in the lineage, and this prayer changed his life. And this prayer today can change your life. This prayer today, if you make it part of your everyday uh, walking, waking, sleeping uh, time in life, you'll find that this prayer has the ability to change your life and to change those around you. Why? Because God listens to prayer. And in this prayer, you'll see that it's been incredibly well crafted uh, for us to be able to get an overview in our lives of why it is so powerful. So here we go, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That means distinguished. That means respected. Something about his life caused him to have greater respect than the rest of his siblings. And his mother called his name Jabez, which means pain, because I bore him in pain. Obviously, when Jabez was born, it was a difficult birth. It wasn't an easy birth. The mother felt the pain from giving birth to this baby boy. And so in the midst of her pain, she literally gives him, him the name pain. Can you imagine the teasing that happened at school? Jabez, Jabez, you're a pain, you're a pain. Oh, here comes pain. Hey, pain, how's it going? I know in New Zealand schools, he would have got a real hard time. But as we read the rest of this verse, we discover something remarkable took place from the time that his mother named him 
to the ongoing years of his life. Verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. So he's now an adult, and he's praying a specific prayer for his life. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. In biblical times, names had incredible power. When parents named their children, they named them for a specific purpose or cause over their lives. And unfortunately, because of the pain in the mother, she passed it down to the son. And so we see other names in Scripture. We see uh, Naomi in the book of Ruth. She named her two sons, Marlon and Chilion, which means puny and pining. Puny and pining, which was exactly what they were because both of them died in their early adulthood years. So names have power over our lives. That's why bad nicknames have power over your life. Can any of you remember either someone else at school or maybe it was you that had the unfortunate uh, incident in your life where somebody gave you a name and it stuck. And that name stuck with you all through school. And you hated that name but everybody else locked onto you. They never called you by your first name. They called you by your nickname, which you hated. And so names have an incredible effect. What about Solomon? Solomon's name means peace. And it's no coincidence that he's the only king of Israel that ruled where he was completely, the nation of Israel was completely at peace with all of her enemies. So biblical names have tremendous power over the lives of those that are named. So things started badly for Jabez, who was called a pain, and yet he discovered that he didn't, his destiny didn't have to be the way that he was named. He discovered as he grew up as an adult that there was a God who answered prayer. He discovered that he could craft a prayer that could change the future of his, his life and his family. And this is the prayer that I've read to you today. There's four components to this prayer. The first one, which we're going to cover today, is that, O oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Whenever you see indeed in Hebrew, in the original language, it's like highlight, flicking in lights. This is something to take notice of. O oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Jabez discovered something about the reality of the blessing that was able to change his life. The second part of the prayer, he prays that his territories would be enlarged. In other words, that his influence would grow. That he would have impact on all who were around him. Thirdly, he said, I'm praying that your hand will be upon me. The hand of the Lord. Another way of saying this is that the favor of God will rest upon my life. And lastly, he praised this prayer because in his day, no doubt, as he saw what had gone on around him with the enemies of the nation of Israel, he praised this, that you would keep me from evil and that I may not cause pain to other people's lives. What a great prayer. Because we know that evil and pain are synonymous. 
In other words, wherever there's evil that is happening in the world, you will find people's lives are filled with pain. So Lord, I pray that you would keep me from harm and I pray that I would not cause other people's lives pain. Amen. That's a good prayer when you get married. That's a good prayer for marriage, that I won't be a, I won't be a pain to my wife and that I won't cause her harm in Jesus' name. Viv has survived. Viv has survived for 30 years. Praise God. Amen. So let's look at the first part of this prayer today as we come into the end of the year. I preached this 10 years ago. And as I was waiting on the Lord for the stage that we're at in the life of Faith Point Church, as we've begun to expand our territories, as we've got, begun to multiply from one into two, and that two could go to three, as we begin to see that the vision that God's given to us to plant seven churches, that as we see that, we, we, we see that the growing need in our lives as a church for the blessing of God to be upon us. Otherwise, it's like pushing a wheelbarrow of concrete uphill. It's going to be hard work and it will probably never take place without the blessing of God. We can all operate in God's natural gifts that He's given to us. But when God chucks His blessing on top of us, it dimensionalizes our life and takes us to new heights and new levels of influence and impact within our life. And so I feel that it's appropriate for us again to remind ourselves of what God wants to bring into your prayer life for your circumstances, for your situation, and for the part of the wider family called Faith Point Church this morning. So today's message, I want to focus on the blessing of God. This prayer, the opening part of Jabez's prayer, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. To get the blessing of God, the first thing is that you need to believe in the blessing of God and chase after it in your life. Unfortunately, we use the word bless so randomly now, Bless mum and dad, bless the dog, bless the cat, uh, bless the people at work, bless my car, may the petrol in it go for many more kilometers than it actually needs to in the day that we're in. And so, bless you, bless you, Achoo! bless you, bless you. And so, we've lost the power of the meaning of what blessing truly means. When God places His blessing upon your life, there is no force on earth or in heaven that can change the destiny of that person's life because the blessing of God is so incredibly powerful. And when we understand that, you want blessing on everything that's around your life, your kids, your grandkids, your family, your work, your business, you will be calling upon the name of the Lord for blessing within your life because that blessing has incredible influence in and through you. But notice, he prays for it. He asks for it. So I guess this morning we can say that this turning point that took place in Jabez's life because God answered. You remember the end of the prayer? God granted him his request, which means suddenly a life that was filled with pain, a life that was really a dead-end street, God was able to turn his life around so that he was distinguished and respected more than his, the rest of his family because God gave him a place in society because of this prayer. Don't you want to pray a prayer like that? Don't you want a prayer like that around your family and your loved ones to see the power of God come on their lives? So what is biblical blessing? 
Biblical blessing, we've got to remember that Jabez lived in the time after the conquest of Canaan. God had supernaturally destroyed all the enemies of Israel. He'd opened the Red Sea. He called, he called manna to be rained down on them. They had bread, fresh bread every day. The Bible says their shoes never wore out. Hallelujah. Beat that, Nike. Beat that. Beat that, Eddie. That's shoes that never wore out. I never have to go to the shoe shop again. Praise God. Their clothes never wore out. It was a supernatural time in the history of Israel. And Jabez understood that if he was to make a difference in his lifetime, he needed the same blessing that was on the children of Israel as they exited Egypt and came into the promised land. I need that blessing, Lord, in my life. I need the supernatural hand and favor of God to be upon my life. The second thing that we need to understand with the, uh, with this, the power of blessing is that we need to get rid of our wrong thinking within our lives. You know, many of us have been raised with the mentality, it's wrong to ask God to bless you. You might have had a mama that always said, oh, you never pray for yourself first. If you ever do pray for yourself, that's the last thing that you pray for. You must always put other people ahead of yourself. And I would agree with mama to extent, except the fact is that if I'm going to love others, then I need to first of all be able to love myself properly in order to be influential and impactful within my life. And unfortunately, with this thing is that we've been trained that, that blessing should only be prayed for others and not for ourselves. And we've also, been, uh, we've also been trained not to be greedy with the blessing of God. What does that mean? So that means that if we're praying more than one thing for ourselves, in our mentality we're saying, oh, no, no, I, I can't do that. I shouldn't really be praying for more than, you know, one or two things for myself because I'm just being greedy now. But old Jabez, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Highlight, underline, underscore. Blink, blink, in bold. <laughs> he had no problem with the first part of his prayer, praying for God's blessing upon his life. So let's break through the wrong thinking, friends. It's okay to ask God to pray blessing over your life. Because if you're going to be a blessor, you need, first of all, to have the blessing within your life before you can carry it and impart it to others. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, that we should cast down every argument, every wrong thought, every wrong strain of thinking. If we've got wrong mentality and wrong strains of thinking within our life, then that's an enemy of God. It's something that's exalting itself above the knowledge of God within our life. And we need to cast it down and bring it down, eradicate it out of our thought life. Always remember Norman Vincent Peale. Anyone remember that name? Norman Vincent Peale was a Christian and he wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And somebody asked him one day, because he spent a lot of time in Asia, and Asim said, I was walking the back streets of Hong Kong and I saw a man with the word hate tattooed across his forehead. Cool tattoo, eh? <laughs> and somebody asked him about it and said, why would anyone do that? And he said, before it comes on the forehead, it first of all is in the mind. 
As a man or a woman thinks, the Bible says, so they become. So we so need to train our thinking to understand today that the blessing of God is for you. You and I need the blessing of God more than we understand or realize today how much that blessing in our lives is so crucial to everything that we do. I read a little story about, let's call him Mr. Jones. Not Grant Jones, I don't think. I think his name was something else this morning. Must be another man. Grant's here with us this morning. But Mr. Jesus, there's a little story about Mr. Jones. He, Mr. Jones dies and he goes to heaven. And Peter welcomes him at the pearly gates. And he's showing him around the golden streets and the beautiful mansions in heaven. And then suddenly out to his right, he sees a big, long warehouse-looking building. He's thinking, wow, that looks out of place. Can you imagine that? A big, long warehouse building in heaven. And he's intrigued. Everything else is just so beautiful and, and so amazing. And so he says to Peter, he says, oh, what's that building over there? He says, oh, you don't want to know about that building. And of course, human nature, as soon as somebody tells you, oh, no, you don't want to know about that, what do you want to do? You want to know about it. And so Mr. Jones says, oh, but I, 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 really, I really want to know why is that building here in heaven? And so Peter reluctantly says to him, do you want to go and have a look? And he gets excited. He says, yeah, I'll go and have a look. So he takes him over uh, to the building. And as he opens the door, he walks into this huge, long building. And inside the building is just shelves and shelves as far as the eye can see. So he walks over to the shelf and he looks on the shelf. And on each shelf, there's a box. And on each box, he suddenly realizes there's a label and there's a name. And he says, is this, do these boxes represent everybody who's ever lived on earth? And he said, yeah, that's right. And he says, where's my box? Where's the J aisle? I need to find the J aisle. So he sprints off, takes off, runs down the aisle until he comes to Jones. Of course, Jones is a very common name for uncommon people, of course, uncommon people. Extraordinary people, actually, people who are called Joneses. And he finally comes along, and he finds his name. And he undoes the ribbon on the box. He says, can I have a look inside, Peter? And he says, by all means, have a look. And he opens the box. And inside that box are all these blessings sitting inside the box, all labeled and named, that have yet to be released over his life. Because you have not, because you ask not. And I want you to get that thought into your mind today that there are blessings aplenty waiting for you in heaven that God wants to release over your life to eradicate the thinking in your life that, oh, I don't want to be greedy asking for the blessing of God. No, you need the blessing of God over you. Your life needs to be blessing and you're coming in and you're going out, you're lying down, you're rising up. Your life needs to be blessed in every single way in Jesus' name. Third and finally today, we need to be bold in our asking. Ask and it shall be given to you, Matthew 7 verse 7. You do not have because you do not ask. Funnily enough, the book of James. Who's excited about the book of James tonight? Such a cool book with such a cool name. The book of James, one of the most anointed books in the Bible. <laughs> ha, 
Hey, we're going to have a lot of fun going through the book of James tonight. I want to really encourage those of you that have registered, that are coming along tonight. We're going to extract every ounce of goodness out of that book. As we go through it over seven weeks, five chapters in the book of James, seven weeks, we're going to extract the maximum out of it. And we're not, it's not just going to be one person talking. There'll be a presenter. I'll be teaching the word tonight and in, in, uh, in the introduction to James. And then we will be having tables where we can sit down, we can dialogue, we can discuss and talk things through as we begin to find the gems in God's word. Amen. It's always great when you're opening the word to be able to have your brothers and sisters in Christ to bounce things off and to talk about things that you're discovering as you discover them. So James says you don't have because you don't ask. There's a sign I saw one day, warning, frequent intake of God's blessing may cause you to become one yourself. Amen? Frequent intake of God's blessing may cause you to be one yourself. You see, when we understand who God is, we understand His nature is to overflow. God wants to spill over into your life. Moses understood this. And when Moses, Moses is called the friend of God. Did you know that? God called Moses a friend. If God was going to give you a label today, I wonder if he would give that label to you. Friends love to hang out together. Friends love to chit-chat. Friends love to talk about all sorts of things. What's your relationship with the Lord tonight? But Moses, who was the friend of God, he understood how much the blessing and the power of God's goodness was. And he knew that if he dared to believe God and dared to ask Him for great things, that God would respond to him. After all, we saw what he did. He opened the Red Sea. He rained down bread from heaven uh, over Moses' life. He caused the whole army to be drowned in the Red Sea that followed behind them. The Bible says that they plundered the whole Egyptian economy in one day. The share market in Egypt dropped dramatically that day because the gold was removed as the children of Israel took all the gold with them as they left that day. Moses had already seen amazing answers to prayer. And yet this is what it says in Exodus 33.8. Then God said to Moses after he had asked this request, Show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory. What's the glory of God? The glory of God is the full nature, the full representation of who God is, His person, His power, His goodness. Moses was saying, I want to see a snapshot of all that you are. What a bold prayer to ask. We know that Isaiah was caught up into heaven and he saw God sitting on His throne. He saw He saw cherubim flying around the throne of God, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the Bible tells us that when he was in that atmosphere of heaven, he said, woe unto me, I am a man of unclean lips. When he came into the presence of the Lord, he felt undone. And yet Moses is prepared to pray this bold prayer, just like Jabez prayed this bold prayer. And he says, show me your glory. Then God said in verse 19 of Exodus 33, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. 
But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Our God is a big God. Our God is incredibly powerful. Our God contains all the blessing to change the world that we live in. Our God wants his people to be bold in their approach, to ask God extraordinarily, exceedingly, abundantly big things. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 says, For God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or imagine according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's in you. If you've received Christ, you've received His Spirit. And according to the resurrection power of the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that now lives in every believer, that resurrection power has the ability to change the world. But we've got to ask for it. We've got to ask for that blessing. We've got to be bold in that blessing. Moses, so bold, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God takes him in his hand, places him in the side of a cliff face, because he knows if he's going to see who he really is, that he's not going to be able to live because of the radiance of that glory. But Moses was bold enough to pray that prayer. I wonder today what your prayer list, list looks like. How bold a prayers are you praying? How much do you think God really wants to bless your life? How much do you really believe in yourself that God wants to use you as a carrier of that blessing to change your workplace, your neighborhood, your family, where God has positioned you in your life because that is the power of the blessing of God to flow in and through your life. But we have not because we haven't been bold enough to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you today, church. Come on, let's get our faith on. Come on, let's extend our faith. Come on, let's understand that through the power of prayer, this man's life was changed. His family was changed. And through the power of this prayer and beginning to pray every day for the blessing of God to be upon your life, suddenly people are going to ask you. They will ask you, what is it about you that's different to other people I've met? I've literally had people walk up to me and say that to me. What, what, what is it about you? And we know it's not my good looks. We know, we know it's not my hair. It has to be something else. It's the blessing of God upon our lives. It's the blessing of God upon your life that's going to turn heads, that's going to cause people to be curious about what it is that you're carrying within your life. But if you don't really believe you're carrying it, guess what? You're not going to be able to impact people the way that Jabez did, the way that Moses did, the way that Christ did, the way that Paul did, and the way that God has called you to influence lives today. A poverty mindset will never win the world. My final scripture is this today, Psalm 67. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Did you hear that? This is the psalmist. 
He's saying this, I understand I need mercy in my life. Amen, we all need mercy. What's mercy? We don't get what we deserve. That's what mercy is. We all understand mercy. We all understand. We can sometimes understand in our, on our bad days. We have scripture called Jacob, you worm. Sometimes we feel like a worm crawling around this earth. But we've got to break that mentality off our life and realize that we're called to be mighty warriors, sons and daughters of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, called to conquer, called to walk with spiritual authority, called to carry the blessing, to carry that upon our lives, to be carriers, to be blessors. We must be carriers of the blessing. Amen? I can see you're getting really excited about that this morning. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Look at this. Look on us with kindness. Why? So that the world may know you're well. When they see the kindness and the blessing of God over your life, that's a, that's a head turner. Especially if they knew you before Christ, BC days. And they now see what God has done in your life now. It has the ability to challenge their thinking about who God is. So that all nations may know your salvation. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. You know, I walk in the blessing of God today. Why? I'm not because I'm different to any one of you, but I walk in the blessing today because God has forgiven me. God has renewed my conscience. God has given me a new spirit. God has given me a name that only He knows. God has given me an inheritance, not only on earth, but also in heaven. Did you know that Peter, the apostle, said to Jesus, what's going to be done for us? Lord, we've left home, families. We've left our jobs to come and follow you. What will we get? You know what Jesus replied to him? He said, you're going to get a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the life to come. So Jesus believed in the blessing. Jesus is the one you follow. Do you believe in the blessing? Do you sincerely believe in the blessing or is there a mentality, a mental block within your life that says other people deserve it more than you do? Come on, Jesus' blood was spilt for all of us so that all of us can be receivers of that blessing. Let's break through today in our thinking. Let's not allow the devil to hem us in and think that somebody else is more special than we are. When God died, Jesus died for all of us so that all of us can receive his blessing upon our life. You are blessed to be a blessing, to carry that blessing. Oh God, that you would bless me indeed. And God granted Jabez his request. Could we stand together this morning, church? What is the limitation to the blessing of God? Me, you, we can be limiters to the blessing of God. It's time to take the limits off. It's time to understand there's a box in heaven with your name on it that has outstanding blessings yet for you to be received, for God to be able to pass on to you in this lifetime, not just in eternity, but while we're, while we're walking here on earth, may His will be done here on earth as it's already been done in heaven. If we could close our eyes just for a moment.